Hey guys, I'm Brad. I'm Lisa. And welcome to Unrunned to Pursuit. We just want to invite you guys into real unedited conversations about real life topics that affect your marriage. Yeah, guys, we are passionate about training and equipping marriages to succeed through God. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Well into season five. We are happy that you are all here. Brad's already yeah. adjusting my mic just to start you, us off. You pushed it down and then your voice got lighter. <laughs> I don't Lighter? know how. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Quieter. Okay. All I right. Don't know. <laughs> All right. We want to start off today's episode as always with the review from you guys. We just mm. want to say thank you again for being a community who supports Brad and I on our mission to spread hope to more marriages. And the more that you guys take a moment and leave a review, the more we have an opportunity to reach more marriages. So thank you so, so, so much. Uh, this review is from Lori A. Adams. It says, I absolutely love Brad and Lisa's willingness to be so open and transparent, mm -hmm. truly speaks to their submission to the Lord and all he is doing in and through them. May the Lord reach many marriages who need to hear their story and testimony. And just a really quick shout out to Lori Adams. She just started a podcast called Stirring Hearts, a community for women. Uh, if you are seeking just some more wisdom and godly advice, I know that she will be a great avenue and resource for you. So go and follow her podcast as well. And thank you so much for that review, Lori. We appreciate it so, so very much. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're wading into some different territory today than we have been covering in the last several weeks, but it's kind of mm -hmm. been on our mind. Also, the reviews are rolling in. Yeah, is that not awesome? Mm -hmm. Can I lower my mic now? Is that okay? Yeah. Is that not, okay? Just double checking. I'm just making sure. And you know what? If I got a bat in the cave, baby, let it be. <sighs> let it be. Okay. You're, you call yourself out. <sighs> Here's the deal. I don't do that. But the thing is, if I see something, I'm just going to stare at it. Like, what was that? Um, like Austin Powers when he had like that dude had a mole and he couldn't stop like look anyway just pay no attention pay, pay, pay no I can't attention. help it <laughs> all right so issue addressed we can focus now what are we going to talk about baby it was your idea okay but I thought it was good thank um, you <laughs> <laughs> so here we are <laughs> parenting yeah We've and done it before. We've done but, some stuff on parenting, but this is, I specifically want to talk about teenagers too. Because mm -hmm. I think this is something that people don't yeah. talk about a lot. Yeah. I think that the reason this is on my mind, and we yeah, are, share. we're in the middle of this season. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're, we're about, we're on the precipice of having one adult child, which is crazy. Adult we, child. Oh yeah. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, well, it's, she's still our child. I know, I know, I know. So one adult yeah. child. I, I would say that that still counts as yeah. being relative. But anyways, and we have one other teenager and one that's going to be within a year. So it's just kind of crazy. And I've been thinking about something that always bothered me as mm. our kids were approaching being teenagers yep. was the connotation that everyone would oh, get. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is what you were talking to me about. Yeah, it's like... Oh, you know, oh, how old, how old are you? Oh, I'm 12. Oh, almost a teenager. Oh, just wait. Oh, just wait. Yeah. Oh, you don't know what's coming. Yeah. You know, all, <laughs> all of these things, like just this dread kind of around yeah. the. Instead of excitement. Yeah. Instead of speaking life and instead mm -hmm. of, you know, having an expectation that someone is going to walk into adulthood without brandishing every air of their yeah. life in these few years it's like but we kind of 
prepare teenagers to fail. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like this aspect of, of just making an assumption mm-hmm. that, and almost an excuse. It is an excuse. And I, I, I know now I can hear what people are like, you know, if they're in the car and they're like, ah, you know, I hear what they're Don't saying. Don't check out yet. <laughs> yeah. So like, because it's like, oh, well, that's just harmless. It's harmless. Like, it's just one of those things like, oh, he's, he's a teenager. Like, what do you expect? Like, well, no. And we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into it. Like, I expect a lot out of my kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do. Like, I it don't see why not. It doesn't mean we don't not. give a lot of grace. It doesn't yeah. mean we expect them to be perfect. We do not expect that. No, absolutely not. So I just don't, like, I just hate that excuse of, like, Oh, well, they're just teenagers or, but what I'm saying is people can say it as a joke and be like, oh, well, it's just harmless, but it's really not because it's consistently said. It was like, I told you when you brought this up to me, I'm like, oh yeah, it's like when parents are like, oh, they're cute now, but just wait till the terrible twos. Mm. And it's like, okay, (laughs) there is, but there's, there's truth to this too. Absolutely. But our two year olds weren't terrible. They weren't terrible kids. They were two. Mm Mm-hmm. Like when we, and we actually talk to our kids about it now. We walk into a grocery store and there's like a two-year-old throwing a fit. We were like, oh yeah, when that happened, we left. And then you guys learned, oh, I want to be out. Like I'm not going to throw a fit. So maybe parent instead of complaining that it's a terrible two. Or maybe parent instead of saying like, oh no, my teenagers. Oh gosh, my teenagers. Brad's just slinging it out right now. I'm listen. like, I'm like, oh no, we just lost <laughs> half our listeners. They're listen, like- <laughs> no, like it's it's so true. Like, look, are our teenagers perfect? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. Are we like f- figuring this out on the fly? Yes. Well, I like, would say no. Well, but on some things because yeah. it's like. Are, do our teenagers roll their eyes at us? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do they sigh? Do they smart off? Do they not do what I want them to do? Like when I say. Do they not live up to all of the yes. expectations we yes. have? Yes. And it's fine. I get it. I don't get frustrated at that. There are absolutely times I get frustrated. Like I tell them, like my kids hate it. But like I'll say, can you go do X? And they're like, Yes. And they don't move. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> I asked you to do something. And Why are you, you not getting up? Because they'll, because they used to say, they'll be like, well, I'm obeying. Or, no, you're not. Like delayed obedience is still disobedience. They hate it when I say that, but I say it mm-hmm. because I'm like, I, I, I didn't say, Hey, can you today do X? That happens all the time. But there's times where I'm like, can you do this or please do this now? Mm-hmm. Okay, dad. And nothing that gets on my nerves. So I do, I get frustrated. Absolutely get frustrated, mm-hmm. but I don't blame it on, Oh, it's just teenagers. Yeah. I think it's just kids and it's just understanding. We give them grace, but also I have an expectation for my kids. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then what's happening? Yeah. Like you should have an expect you should have a high expectation for your kids. Not an expectation of perfection. No. And I hope like do our kids meet it? Yes, they meet it. Or do they fall short sometimes? Yes. I fall short all the time. 
Mm-hmm. I expect a lot from myself. But if we have no expectations, they will also meet that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this idea of just like, okay, if we have no, no expectations for our kid. And the, the problem that we're seeing a lot with families is this, you know, kind of a passive attitude towards parenting. That's what it is. You expect less, you're going to get less. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Like if you if you expect your kids to act like a tic- typical teenager. They will act like a typical that teenager. That is exactly what's going to happen. 100%. And guess what? It's okay. Like in that, what you've set yeah, is you set okay. A, you set a standard. Yeah. And they're living up to that standard. Yes. And, you know, like when you said we're doing some of this on the fly, the reason why I said, well, not really, and is because there has been years and years and years of foundation being built that establishes where we are right now. Yeah. Not in that we have, you know, every ability to foresee what's coming or we can foretell every situation, but have we learned adaptability in this process? Have we learned how to communicate with our kids? Have we established some, some concrete, just foundational truths Mm -hmm. with our kids and we abide in those places and they know those truths, right? hundred percent we have. I mean, how do you make, here's look around, just look around and I'm sorry if I'm stepping on toes, but look around how can you make resiliency? Like how can you establish resiliency in your kids? Mm -hmm. If you're not doing these things, if you're expecting them, if you have a low bar of expectations because the quote unquote teenagers, like how are you establishing resiliency in them? Yeah. Like how, or honestly now look around how many years has that not been going on? Yeah. I mean, how many really, years has everyone been getting trophies? Listen, I get it. I get it. I get mental health. I get all that. Like 100% understand that. But like I see firsthand grown men that don't have resiliency mm-hmm. and it's sick. Period. There's no excuse for it. The excuse that if you dig deep is their background because they were always expected like the bar was set too low. Yeah. Like the expectations I have my, for my kids are not unattainable. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that they're not perfectionists. I'm not. No. I'm not that at all. Mm-hmm. Look at my closet. I knew you were going to say the closet thing. <laughs> yeah. That's always yeah. your thing. Not a perfectionist. <laughs> I dig through t-shirts, and I'm One like, I'm just going to take a picture of your I side. Dig, of I dig through t-shirts, and <laughs> since I can't smell if something smells bad, I'm like. Mm. I think this is fine. If you don't know, Brad yeah. still can't smell yeah. bad smells. Only since bad he had smells. COVID yeah. a year ago. It's not a blessing. <laughs> Everyone says it is. It's not. Um, but anyway, like I have high expectations for our kids, but they're not so high that they're not going to attain well, you, them. You said something there, and I want to touch base on it because it's this idea of you know resiliency, right? What that means is really, truly, we don't ever. We don't expect our kids to be perfect. We know they're going to fail. Mm. But what they do in the failure, yes. that's what matters. Yeah. Are you teaching your kids to fail well? And yeah. I know that sounds weird. No, it's it's the right thing. We are, we, generally speaking, right? Not everyone. We, generally speaking, have created kids that never expect to fail. Yes. And that is the scariest thing. Listen, confidence is great. Our youngest, I man, 
He walks around going, I'm the best. Yeah, dude is <laughs> oozing with confidence, and I love it. But does he fail? Yes. And what does he do when he fails? Keeps going. Learns from it. Like, it's, it's such a big deal. Like, I, I just don't... I see, and this is this is what's scary about it. Like teenagers aren't that far away from young adults, yeah, and they're not that far away from getting careers. And some of these careers, I think it affects all careers, but some of these careers, like what I see, it scares me Mm -hmm. because it's like you can't face failure, you can't, you expect to win at everything unhealthily, right? Like I don't like. I've been told I'm X for so long mm-hmm. that I don't, I'm not even working at it anymore. Like I just, I expect to get this. It's like and then when idea, they don't. Yeah. Like follow, you can be anything you want to be. Yeah. You can do. And, and, and like, there's this like little bit of this, you know, great golden truth in this thing. Yes. And then at the same time, it's like, no, you know what? You don't get to just be lazy all the time and get yeah. be where you want to be. You can be anything you want to be with a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. Yes. And, and people and are failures. gifted in one area and gifted in other areas. Like, yes, you could do that. But it's it's this whole thing. If you raise kids that never that are never expected to fail, they don't expect, they don't expect failure. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to recover from they failure. They don't know how to recover from it. And that's where resilience comes in. Right. And that's what I see. I see it in, in young adults, young adult men, mm-hmm. like not like I'm talking like mid twenties. Yeah. They don't get what they thought they wanted or what they want, mm-hmm. but they thought they were going to get it. They thought they could do it. They don't get it. They don't know how to take that. Yeah. They don't know how to take failure. They don't know what to do with it after. Like it's, it really is scary. Cause it's like, did you go through life? succeeding at everything i didn't no but i've failed so many times we have created in a lot of places this protection around you know this cushion around any hurts around any failures around any kind of uh, falling short yeah and and the reality is is we all fall short we all need jesus we all need community we need people who are stronger in certain areas Mm -hmm. and we need to step into the gap where we're stronger and you know help people who are weaker it's like we are losing this in our culture and And we're losing it it in our children i get it like i want to protect so i'm i want my kids protecting yeah right i want to like, I mean, as something as simple as, because this is my brain, like I always go f- so far in my head, but like my son, my youngest calls me the other day, cause you were on a coaching call. So you didn't want to interrupt you calls, calls me. And he's like, can I go riding around the neighborhood with my friends? And I was like, well, who, you know, who is it? You know, I just want to know who he's with. And I was like, Okay. You can't because he needs to, mm-hmm. right? He needs to do that. At the same time, I'm like, oh, man, like, what if? What and, if? I start what thinking if about when you were a kid and yeah. you're all over. <laughs> yeah, all over. And I'm like, no, he needs to do it. So, like, did I have reservations? Yes. But at the same time, I'm like, no, I have to let him do this. Yeah. Like, I, ha- I, I, wanna pro- I don't want to protect them so much that they can't experience and know what to do in chaos or in failure or, and that's what we're seeing, Mm -hmm. you know, like when something, one little thing goes wrong, 
it's that whole like trigger. It's a deck of cards, right? right? Just and it falls. just starts falling. And then you see, you see young adults, even grown adults throwing tantrums. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Like, can we not control our emotions enough to sit down and have a conversation? You can't because you were never, you never understood how to fail and get through it. You don't have resiliency. You don't know how to act in chaos. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get it because you were coddled so much that Protected you didn't, ex- so much. yeah, you didn't get to experience this. And there's a fine line, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like, I don't want any harm to come to my kids. Don't you feel like it is this constant tension between letting go and pulling in? Yeah. Like Absolutely. a constant tension of, is this an area where I need to help you expand as an individual? Mm-hmm. Because your goal is to raise high functioning adults in society. Yes. Your goal is not to be their friend as kids right now. It's to be their friends when they're adults. Mm-hmm. And if you are raising children that are getting everything they want right now, yeah. I can guarantee you, you will not want to hang around with them when they are no. adults. No. <laughs> those, those people, and you know them, are yeah. not great to hang around. <laughs> and if you don't know them. You is one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true though. Like I, I've heard kids talk to their parents, some kids, and I'm like, mm, man. Uh-uh. And I've even had, like, especially, I'm, I'm sure the the two older ones have done it, but just especially now, like, I've hear kids say something, and my youngest will look at me like. Whoa. Did you just hear that? Yeah. Because he knows. <laughs> Our older two, too. They're just oh, like, they know. Did you yeah. know the way that that person talked to their yeah. parents? You know, And even though they themselves fail in this area, because yeah. please, yes. please, we, we are, are not, not coming from a place no. where we have it all figured out, but we do know the foundation we are building mm-hmm. for our kids. Yeah. That's what we're trying to emphasize with you. And you know what? It doesn't start. And mm. Yeah, if you have teenagers right now, it's not too late to start. No. But ultimately, where you want to start, if you're thinking right now with your newborn and your two-year-old mm. that you don't have to pay attention to this because you got years and years yeah, and years. You don't. No, it starts then. Yeah. Right then, as you are learning and or you are teaching <laughs> them to respond and react. I and- mean, look, we didn't baby-proof our homes. I'm not saying not to do that, but that was one thing we intentionally talked about. Remember this? Yeah. We talked about that. And we also go to somebody else's house. It's not baby. And I don't want to sit there and telling one of our kids like, no, no, don't touch that. No, no, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Like while I'm somewhere else, like I don't want to do that. Or I don't want them to think they can touch anything Anything that they they want want. because they're kids. Like, no, there are boundaries in place and they need to know that. And I'm not knocking baby proofing things. Like I'm not getting that point. But what I'm saying is we, as, as non-parents, as just this young married couple, we we did talk about this. We talked about that, and we also talked about not babying them. Like, if they fall, we don't need a run over right away. Like, if they bump their head, it's okay. Like, there was things we intentionally talked about mm-hmm. because we had seen other parents, and I was like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want my kid to be like that. Mm-hmm. And there were some things, man, that I remember us thinking we would never do that. We did do that. We did do. Yes. <laughs> Cause it's, yeah. it's this idea that, yeah, you know, you go into parenting with an idea in your head and the reality is, is, you know, if you have more than one child, they're all different. 
They're all I, different. I mean, when we had our oldest, yeah. and by the time she was six years old, I, I thought I pretty much, well, before our son was born, before our second son was born, I thought I had the parenting thing pretty yeah. figured out. Because mm. I was like, oh, no, look at she listens to everything. <laughs> We've had no issues. Look, she's writing her own rules down. <laughs> yes. Look at that. This Obey is- your parents. <laughs> but <laughs> it's one of those things of recognizing, like, I always feel like God has such a sense of humor because, you know, when we had our other kids and stuff, and yeah. it was just this recognition of how different kids are, how different they respond, yeah. how how you have to navigate, how you as a parent you do that adaptability portion of being able to recognize that what worked mm-hmm. for one kid does yeah, not work I mean, for the next. Going right? back to like your, your pushing and pulling, even for our three kids, it's so different. 100%. So different. Like our middle, he's like, I tend to like pull a little bit more because he wants to be gone. Yeah. Not necessarily out of our home, like out of, you know, living at home, but he's like, Oh, I get to fly on my own and go hunting. Like, Peace. Mm-hmm. See ya. And yeah. then hopefully I'll get a text from him. Yeah. Landed. Like, <laughs> okay. How's it going? Good. <laughs> Having fun? Yep. Like, because he's like, this is me. I want to yeah. do these. I thrive in this. And our oldest, I want, like, I feel more that I want to push her more because. I feel like, she, I don't know. I just feel like I need her. I want her to grow. And she's growing so much. But like, I feel like I want to push her. Mm-hmm. Even I, as much as we want to pull. Keep her. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I want to push her because it's like almost like needing that nudge. Mm-hmm. Where our, our second, he doesn't need the nudge. No, he needs the pullback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, just wait a minute. And I don't know yet on our youngest. Yeah. Like other than, can I ride my bike, you know? Over there. I'm like, ah, yes, of course you can. At the same time, I'm like, ah, watch out for cars, like all the parents yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not, we're not saying we, here, I think this is a big thing. And I think I want to push this specifically around teenagers because I think what happens a lot when kids get to this age is we don't do really the, the balance of the push and pull. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of parents just release all control. When it comes yeah. to and being you, teenagers. That's like, there's no, I don't understand that. And, and I think in a way, we feel like this is a way of love, right? We want you to be able to express yourself. We want mm. you to be able to explore these ideas and these emotions and yada, yada, yada. And the reality is, is what we have found so intensely is mm. that, not to discourage those of you with young children, <laughs> but that your kids actually need you more as teenagers than when they were little. Yeah. As far as the emotional investment, as far well, as. Well, then you're getting into like, you're getting into territory where a bad decision, the consequences can last yeah. forever. Now your kid can get pregnant. Yeah. Now your kid can make sexual decisions that yeah. have an impact on their entire life. Yeah. It, it, these are, these are the time where you have to be present. Mm-hmm. You have to ask the questions. You have to get in their business. Yeah. You have to be the person who is like, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? Yeah. Who are you with? What's that person and, like? And do we get like, you know, pushback a little bit? Mm-hmm. We have. But we started that when they were younger. Yeah. Like we wanted, we opened the door to having those conversations. It's like you said when we talked about, like not this last time we talked about sex, but like the birds and the bees and all that. And you told our middle child like, well, you told them all, but you're like, if you, if you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. Mm-hmm. 
Like we've had the talk, but if you want to ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. So be ready. Yeah. Like I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to answer this. But we've, we want to be the source of, of all the stuff. Like I know, I don't know everything and I know they're going to learn from other people. That's fine. But if we don't model resiliency for them, if we don't model how we bounce back after failure, if we don't model a strong faith, yeah. If we don't model the disciplines of like opening the Bible, praying, yeah. like putting God first, if we don't model those disciplines, your kids aren't magically going to do it. They aren't going to do it. <laughs> no. And and hopefully they have this this experience that God changes them. If they don't get that model, their own, you know, yeah. Yeah, If they don't have it. Yeah. But we, and, and we do like, I challenge my kids when they ask me questions about faith and you know, what about this in the Bible? What about that in the Bible? I'm like, well, dig, Mm -hmm. dig. Cause I have an answer, but I don't want my answer to be your answer necessarily. Right. Like I want to equip them that their faith is their own, that they can truly own the ideas that they've learned in mm-hmm. scripture and not that we, we will have discussions with them, right? We're going to, no, we I don't have those. Yes. I'm not saying yeah. that. I didn't say I don't talk no, no, to no. them. About I it. just want to clarify that in this idea of like, we have discussions, but it's also like, Hey, we want you to pursue this, your own relationship with mm-hmm. Christ. And, but you know what they see every day that they come downstairs? If it's early enough, mm-hmm. they see mom and dad sitting and doing devotions. Yeah. They see that. And, you know, you, this isn't to, to have you sit there and like, look back at, at, you know, your whole life and say, okay, well, Mm. I've failed now, but do you have the ability to change some things in the future for your family? Or as maybe you have young kids Mm -hmm. and you can recognize, like, I want to be, have a strong legacy. I want to have a strong legacy of faith with our family so that they can have solid ground. Cause this world is like ever shifting. Yeah. The truth in the world is ever shifting. And well, you, the worldly truth. That's what I said. In the world is ever shifting. So in in Christ, truth is unchanging. Yeah. We want them to feel like they are always in solid truth. Mm-hmm. No matter what's going on in the world, they know the truth and they can stand in truth. And we want our kids to be warriors for Christ. And they can't be like that if you're, one, if you're not modeling, just like we talked about. But if they've grown up not experiencing failure or always winning. You know, these things that we think help kids, mm-hmm. they really don't. Yeah. And they won't know how to stand firm when they're challenged because if you're a Christian and you're not challenged, there's probably something going on. Mm-hmm. Like you're probably not really showing people who the, you live you're for. You're on the outskirts of the yeah. faith. Honestly, because if point. you're being challenged, then it is something that you walk, you talk, and everything, mm-hmm. right? I liked what you said earlier about failure, like failing quickly. I don't think that's exactly what you said. It might have recovery, been. like recovery, something like that. But we don't dwell on anyone's failures mm-hmm. in our house. We don't. Like someone fails, okay, we learn from it and move on. You're actually going to learn more from failures than you will successes as much as it's sucky yeah <laughs> but i like there was an instance about i don't know it's it was a while ago maybe six seven years ago at work and we were in some training and uh 
this guy that would do a lot of training with us. Anyway, we were doing some drills and one of our guys like messed up the drill, but if you didn't know, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have known, right? Mm-hmm. He fixed it fast. And, uh, all of us knew, you know, cause you know, of course we're all like making fun of him and laughing, but the lead guy that was instructing, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, you know what I love about you guys? The biggest thing I love about coming here and being with you guys is you guys fail quickly. And at first you're like, well, what are you talking? Like, we don't fail often, mm-hmm. you know? And I think we just said like, well, we don't fail that often. He's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you do, cause it's going to happen. You play this game enough, you're going to fail. You guys fail so quickly that if you're on the outside, like you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's what it should be like. Did we learn from it? Yes, we learned from it. But is recovery quick. is fast. Mm-hmm. It has to be fast. Like I'm not going to get any like that's what the resilience is, right? How do I deal with failure? Yeah. Like, how do I cope with stress? Like, all these things, that's the resilience piece of it. But if I deal with failure by standing in the failure and just soaking in it mm-hmm. and not trying to figure out how to get past it or figure out what I did wrong, I'm not going to do that again. I just sit in it and like, hope someone tells me like, it's okay that you failed. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It is okay. But it's not okay to stay there. Yeah. I had like, you need to move on. Tell me once, and I thought it was so powerful. I, I can't remember where exactly I had heard it from, or just in general, but the idea of telling your kids that when, when they do mess up, when they do fail or make a mistake, yeah. that you remind them that that is not who they are. Yeah. You know, that, hey, this isn't like you. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't your character. This isn't, you know, like instead of saying like, I can't believe you did this, right? Yeah. It's a reminder of actually who you are. Like mm-hmm. what you did is not a reflection of who you really are. Your true character. Like, hey, you're not a liar. What happened here? Right. And yeah. instead of like sitting there going like, I can't believe you lied to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you, you're not a liar. Tell me what's going on. Yeah. Why why are you not telling the truth? Like what made you do this? You know, because this isn't actually who you are. Like this is a this isn't your character. This mm-hmm. isn't your identity. And you know, and so recognizing what's happening, but in in the wording of it, you are actually pointing them towards what God calls them to be. Mm-hmm. And then we start living towards those things. Yeah. No, I I was just reminded when uh when I first I think it was like the first night I got my driver's license like the first night Friday and I'm like going out to see football game. Such a visual of with, you on your first night driving like what? Mr. Bala, like sitting there with your hand up, like with your music and <laughs> no, <laughs> cruising I around mean, seeing if you can find some girls. <laughs> yeah. No, maybe a little. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, uh, I, you know, I had a bunch of friends come with me and we all went to like a football game. And then I, we were leaving and it's raining. I'm brand new driver, right? Mm-hmm. It's raining, having fun with my friends and the car in front of me slams on the brakes. And so I'm, I like move to the other lane, right? To get out of the way. And I cut a cop off and he lights me up and I'm like, Oh gosh, this Here is my go. first night ever out like what like i'm i don't care about the cop i'm like oh no (laughs) and it's late right he gives me a ticket 
for not using my blinker, you know, no excuse, right? Like, oh, I was trying to avoid it right now. Nope, yeah. here's your ticket. Oh, congratulations, you have a driver's license now. <laughs> Get out of here. And uh, so I remember, you know, dropping my friends off, but the whole, the rest of the night, I was just stressed out. And I got home, my parents, this is before cell phones, so I didn't like, I wasn't going to pull over a payphone and call my parents, like, you know, this is before cell phones. And I get home, and I got this ticket in my hand, and I'm like, oh, like the pit in the bottom of my stomach. And I go in there in their bedroom, knock on the door, hey, I'm home, and they're like, okay. And it was like, also, you know, I tell them the story. And I'm like on the verge of tears. I'm like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. You know, and I show them the ticket. And the first thing, are you okay? Right. And I'm like, I'm fine. Like, everything, you know, other than, mm-hmm. you know, I am grounded and mm-hmm. I'll never see freedom again, you know, like as a six year old. Yeah, exactly. Right. Are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. All right. What happened? And this is what happened. Okay. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's the like that's that was the attitude I got. It was like, it's not okay that you got a ticket, yeah. but we understand. And guess what? This is part of driving. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do something sometimes, and you're gonna get in trouble for it. Yeah, like this is part of it. And it was such a, it was such an adult moment. Yeah, for me, because I saw like how it was like I did something wrong, and I had to pay for it. I had to pay for that ticket. Mm-hmm. But it was a totally different attitude than what I would have thought happened. Yeah, that's great. And I think, too, you know, just talking about teenagers and and stepping into the space of, like, you you need to make sure that you, you know, have this balance of, of push and pull. One of the biggest factors teenagers are facing that we ourselves did not face at, it, to the same capacity as social media. And yeah. it is raising yep. our children. Yeah. We have allowed social media to be a point uh, for even us as adults, mm-hmm. right? This this place that we are getting all of our information from. Uh the, our kids are more depressed now than they ever have been. Yeah. We are we are placing them in front of screens and instead of us as parents giving them expectations, the world is giving them expectations that they can never live up to. Mm-hmm. And so they live in an artificial world and they don't know how to have face-to-face relationships and face-to-face conversations. If you have a teenager in your home, if you have a young person in your home, yes, as a parent, you can come in and put guardrails in this area of their life, and you should. Mm -hmm. I don't care how old your kids are. If they are under the roof of your home, I'm not saying they can't have any social media. They can't have anything. That's not at all. Do you need to put parameters around that? 100% you do. Do not let society raise your children no or you <laughs> will end your kids will end up in bad places yeah if, if your kids cannot have i mean i cannot tell you how many times we go somewhere and there's a young person who cannot look me in the eyes oh, who cannot yeah. have a conversation yeah. with me at all and i'm friendly brad i understand that they don't look at him in the eyes and they're i mean he he looks a little, I, he looks a little mean i'm when they super see, friendly <laughs> you are. we literally just had this whole conversation <laughs> like last night i am like a chill person <laughs> but not everybody knows it right away <laughs> but anyways in general i just think of this idea going back to raise the kids that you one day want yeah. to hang around with yep. and that means that now you cannot raise them just as their friend, but you have to be the parent. And that means putting in boundaries. That means 
walking the walk, not just talking the talk, right? You have to have the conversations, but your kids are looking at the way you live your life. And if you need to get something right in your life, you need to do that, Mm -hmm. not just for yourself, but in the fact that your kids will walk in the steps that you are walking. Mm -hmm. Dads, man. Yeah. You are so important to your kids. I I cannot even express the difference it has made for Brad to say that every single week, unless mm. there's something that's going on, yeah. that he is taking his daughter to breakfast. Mm. The difference in the relationship that we have seen in that small yeah. investment of time. I hate to break it to you, mamas, but... <laughs> there's uh, I there's a study and I know Andy Stanley really goes over it, but he does a whole series on parenting. If you can listen to that series, it's That's amazing. Great. It's an amazing series. Convicting, very convicting, <laughs> man. It, it hits you. Go and listen yeah. to that series. But you know this, he did this whole. And I'm trying to remember now. Like my thought, I just yeah. lost it in just a second. Oh, he talks about how a father's words. I think it was five times. Yeah, it was a ridiculous. Have a five times more of an effect Mm -hmm. on kids than moms do. We say a lot of words, but when mad with dads, dads, you have such an impact on your family. You have the opportunity in what you do and how you lead your home and how you live out your faith to impact generations. Yeah, like as a parent, I I don't want to see my kids fail. Don't, don't get, don't get this twisted. Like, you know, after all of what we've talked about, I don't want to see him fail. Absolutely not. I don't want to see him go through hurt. I don't want to see him do that, but I know that's what's going to happen. And so like, as a parent, if you could step back and see like your, your teenager fail at something and then see the resilience they have to bounce back, cope with it, deal with it and move on learning from it like how amazing is that then you can go and you could say you know what he or she's gonna be fine yeah like they're gonna be okay they they're gonna do great they're gonna do great because of those two things like if you're i mean everything we've talked about like it comes down to yes faith i mean i don't biggest factors in that's how i have so much resiliency Mm mm-hmm one hundred percent. That is everything in my life is based on Christ. Every single thing, like period. There's no. I can't say, oh, I, I, you know, strengthen my resiliency through blah blah blah. Like, yes, there are books and there are courses to take specifically on resiliency. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been popping up a lot more because look at the last three years. Yeah. Like, yes, it has been popping up a lot more. But ultimately, my core of everything I've built my my own individual person on is Christ. Yeah. And so part of, I mean, my resiliency and the way I cope with things, yes, I'm wired different than average person. Not because I'm above average. I'm, I'm wired differently. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've literally had conversations about this like last week. Where there's like a bunch of us. They're all wired weird. Lisa can attest to this. Like, it is weird. It's strange when we look at it from a psychological standpoint. The way we cope with stress and the way we deal with resiliency, the way we have that. Yes. So everything's based on Christ. Like, I want to, first and foremost, what I want to instill in my kids 
as a strong foundation of Christ, period. From there, I can build on that. Yes. I can have the teachable moments Mm -hmm. that organically happen. Because if you force teaching on teenagers, guess what? Don't work. It doesn't work organically happen or, and i could or build if this you up. live differently than the, the moment or, yeah. you're trying to teach yeah oh they'll call you they see through that yes. in a moment yeah but i want to build on that foundation and i can't have that without a healthy foundation no. so the first and foremost is my kids i would think that if you called them out and talked to them that they could say no my dad god is his priority mm-hmm. over everything over his wife, over me, God is his priority. Like, that's his foundation. I would hope that they say that. I think they will. I don't know. But that's what I live. And then on top of that, that's what I want them to live. And that I expect that. I don't expect less of that from them. Mm-hmm. And then from there, let's build on that. And when you can build on that, man, you don't have to expect less. They're going to be phenomenal teenagers Mm -hmm. they're gonna be strong adults like (laughs) mentally strong mentally able to deal with all look around deal with all of that Mm -hmm. you can't deal with all of that if you don't have this foundation of faith in christ and then being able studying the bible talk about resiliency look it up like learning how to deal with failure Learning how to deal with all that, like that is all part of like growing your faith. You think about Joseph, he always comes to mind when I think of things like this, right? In every position he was put in, yeah, he he thrived. Yeah. Even though they were not ideal conditions. No. You know, here he's put in like situations that he should never have to be put in, right? And we can spend so much of our time thinking like, this isn't fair that I'm here and I'm having to experience Woe this. is me. You know, yeah, like, oh, God must have forgotten about me. Mm-hmm. You never see that reflected in Joseph's story, even when he's in prison, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, all the things that happened to him, he still knew the God he served. Yeah. It God, gave him the ability. God doesn't forget about you. No. At all. Like, I don't want to be in sucky places, but it's it's happened and it's going to happen. But God didn't leave me in those sucky places. Like, he wasn't like, oh, oh, shoot. Brad's <laughs> over there. I totally forgot. You know what? Let me grab him. All right, you're done. Sorry. Sorry about that. You know, there, go along your life. No, he was he knew what was going on the whole time. But what did that build? Like if you're if you're focused on Christ and you have this foundation and you're in a sucky situation, you could take a step back and look around and go, What's God want me to do right now? What's he have for me here? What is it? What is it? Like, there's no, we can't answer that for you. That's part of that, like, Mm -hmm. what is it? Why, like, I'm not here by chance. Maybe I'm here by my own consequence. Mm -hmm. But God can still show me and push me through this. Like, yeah, Joseph is like, man, that's like a whole book on resiliency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It really is. It scares me to see the adults I've seen and to see if there's going to be more of that. 100% 100% there is. Like, but it that's scares how me. We wanted to do something on this because those that, that once you know 
you know. Yeah. You have to look around. Like, you're responsible for the knowledge you have. You can't be ignorant anymore. Like, you want your kids to thrive in any environment. This is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You, like, yeah. like, you know, some people say, oh, well, you're coddling your, you, you know, you, you've, you've been homeschooling. Like, we homeschooled before it was cool. Right? <laughs> we did. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, but... Like, they don't get to experience, you know, public school. They don't get to, like, you know, all these things. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. I'm not putting my kids in a bubble. Mm -mm. They're still experiencing things. But, I, yeah, you're right. I don't want them at that school for eight hours a day. Are we the gatekeeper for the information in our home? Absolutely. 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 And I won't. I'm not going to lie to them. And, And trying to equip them to be gatekeepers. Yes. That, that's the thing. Not that you can sit there and coddle your children so much so protect them from everything, but it, with giving them, equipping them to stand, to be the gatekeepers for themselves, yeah. right? Like, that's the goal. It's like you lean so much into Christ that he he becomes your identity, and then you are you are able to filter those things through that. And like it You're not going to drop somebody in a life or death situation without equipping them before you do that. Hundred percent, and or so, it'd be foolish to do so, and that's what people are doing yeah, every day. Yeah, <laughs> you just send like, them. Would out you there. <laughs> would you take someone and go? Okay, that's a big life or death situation right there. Bullets flying everywhere, all this bad stuff going on. Go in there, absolutely, without not. like equipping them to handle the situation. Because guess what? Like, I can't keep them from that. That situation over there, I can't keep them from it. It's going to happen. In one way or the other, they're going to have these situations pop up, mm-hmm. right? That's life, and that's part of growing up. So I can't keep them from it. So what, are, what else do I have to do? I need to equip them for it. Yeah. And if you're not equipping your teenager, being passive, being a passive parent, a passive husband, you're, you're not equipping your teenagers. Giving them such a long leash that they do whatever they want, that's not equipping teenagers. Yeah. You, you don't... You earn discipline. Like you you can't, it doesn't just magically show up. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not instilling discipline, and I mean like not spanking kids or grounding, I mean like true discipline. Like to know that when they leave this house, they're doing what they should be doing. When they are doing things when no one's watching, they're still, yeah. they still have the character mm-hmm. to be God honoring. And I will say, like, if there's a parent listening right now, I just find this to be such a unique way to not only encourage you to get into God's word, but also to really give a gift to your kids. This is something that I know for myself I'm wanting to do, but I just think it's such a powerful tool because there's sometimes we'll do things for our kids that Mm -hmm. we will not navigate through ourselves, which is foolish when it comes to what I'm about to say. But if if you don't typically get into God's word, you know you need to. Right. And you want to have the discipline to continue to do that every day. I'm going to just encourage you to go through the Bible, get a get a Bible for your child and go through that Bible and literally write notes to your child and write the insights that you're getting and underline the verses for your child. Make it a living journal for your child. Yeah. I've already done this with our oldest, but I plan on doing it with all of our kids in this testament of saying like, you know, I'm praying these particular Mm -hmm. things over you. I'm seeing these things for you. This is, if you think about what a gift that would have been from your parents, but also, you know, just recognizing that 
that is something that is encouraging you to develop mm. discipline in your life, to go through the Bible, the entire Bible. And it's going to change you. Yeah. So that's just a little extra side note there. Yeah. But I would say challenge for this week in general, mm-hmm. recognize you are building a legacy. Yeah. Expect more. Yeah. I, like Expect to and look into raising an adult that you actually want to be friends with one day. Yeah. Yep. And if you look at your kid as they're throwing a fit or living however they want and following every emotion they have, and there's no boundaries, there's no mm. guardrails. You've had no conversations. They don't see you modeling. If you're looking at that kid and going like, man, <laughs> <laughs> I see that right now I, I I don't even want to hang around with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like you've got to make some yeah. changes mm-hmm. and don't think that you are helpless in that. Lean into God, ask God for direction. He is so faithful to do those things. I'm telling you. So, so don't sit there and be that passive parent anymore. Recognize where God has placed you, the kids that he has placed you with mm-hmm. and lean into that, that opportunity that you have to change legacy in your family. Yeah. All right. I hope we just didn't lose <laughs> all of our listeners. And <laughs> I, I, you know, like, I don't want to, I mean, I, maybe I did get a little harsh. I don't know. I look at your face while I'm we're, talking. We're, to see. we're very honest. And we've so, always told you guys that. Like, yeah, one, I'm, this is something I'm real passionate about because it does bother me, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like it can change a hundred percent. And, and two, like if it hurts, it hurts. There's probably a reason why. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize. Like if it hurts, it hurts. You know, there's things that hurt. Like I get convicted all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not Same. out of this. Same. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> we got work in our lives. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> if we didn't love you guys, we wouldn't have said this. Exactly. See you next week.